welcome to the Clerk Commute Podcast. Where we discuss clerkship content, share up-to-date research, work through interesting cases, and gather position advice for your next rotation. Welcome back to the Clerk Commute Podcast. Today, we'll be covering an approach to abnormal uterine bleeding or heavy menstrual bleeding with a focus on the history, physical exam, and investigations. This episode was edited by Dr. Leslie Poe, a staff obstetrician and gynecologist at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. So Meg, today you are on your general gynecology rotation and are asked to see Mrs. H, a 47-year-old woman presenting with abnormal uterine bleeding. She is specifically describing heavy menstrual bleeding, which was previously referred to as menorrhagia. We are asked to come up with a plan for the physical diagnosis and appropriate investigations for Mrs. H. So what do you remember about abnormal uterine bleeding or AUB? So I know that AUB is a very common presenting complaint and it can include both heavy menstrual bleeding like Mrs. H is experiencing, as well as lighter than normal or infrequent periods, which are common in anovulatory individuals. Nice, that's a great start. So AUB affects a significant portion of the population. Up to 30% of women will experience heavy menstrual bleeding throughout their reproductive life cycle. You're right that AUB isn't just heavy menstrual bleeding. It also includes any symptomatic variation from normal menstruation, whether that's in terms of frequency, so how often you get a period. Normal cycle length is typically between 24 and 38 days. The regularity, so the degree of variation between cycles, which is normally less than seven to nine days. Intermenstrual bleeding or bleeding between periods is also not normal. Then the duration, so how long you bleed for, which is normally less than seven days. And then finally the volume or the amount of blood. It is also important to remember that all postmenopausal bleeding is considered abnormal and will require a workup. It is also important to know that we can only identify a cause of AUB in about half of women. So we often treat without knowing the exact cause. That being said, we still want to take a good history and narrow down the diagnosis to treat specific causes if we can identify them. Do you remember the causes of abnormal uterine bleeding? So first, it's important to rule out other causes of bleeding, such such as GI bleeding or blood in the urine, which can be mistaken by some patients for uterine bleeding. Then we'll consider the major gynecological causes of AUB, which can be described by the POM-COIN acronym where P-A-L-M, palm, are the structural causes, and C-O-I-E-N, coin, are the non-structural causes. In palm, we have polyps, adenomyosis, leiomyoma, and malignancy or hyperplasia. Then in coin, we have coagulopathy, ovulatory disorders, endometrial, iatrogenic, and not classified. That's correct. The acronym POMCOIN describes the causes of AUB that are structural, POM, and non-structural COIN. Polyps, adenomyosis, and leiomyomas are some of the more common causes. So P is for polyp, which is a benign endometrial growth, which commonly presents with intermenstrual bleeding, heavy bleeding, and or recurrent pregnancy loss. A is for adenomyosis. So this is when the uterine lining grows into the muscular layer of the uterus and also presents with prolonged or heavy bleeding and is commonly associated with knife-like pelvic pain, chronic pelvic pain, and or painful intercourse. L is for leiomyomas, or aka fibroids, and these are benign smooth smooth muscle tumors that are commonly associated with heavy bleeding, pelvic pressure or pain, difficulty emptying the bladder, constipation, and or backache or leg pains. 
So now that you're more familiar with the common causes of abnormal uterine bleeding, what kind of questions do you want to ask Mrs. H today? So first, I would start off by introducing myself and my role. And I would ask Mrs. H how she would like to be addressed, her age, and what brought her in today. Great. So why is age important here? Well, the differential diagnosis for AUB is fairly different for different age groups. In particular, I would want to know if my patient is of reproductive age, which would bring pregnancy and pregnancy-related concerns higher on my differential. I would also want to know where my patient is in regards to menopause, because endometrial cancer, which is the diagnosis of AUB that I would be most concerned about, is most common in postmenopausal women. Yeah, and fibroids, another common cause, are also more likely in older women, peaking around age 40 to 50. Mrs. H is 47. The average age of menopause in Canada is 52.4. So you probably want to ask her about menopause. How do we define menopause? Men menopause is defined as 12 months of amenorrhea in the absence of other biological or physiological causes. Perfect. Okay, Mrs. H is 47 years old and has arrived today because, quote unquote, I had normal periods my whole life and the last couple of years they have gotten progressively heavier. Also, my periods used to last up to five days, and now they're lasting close to 10 days. Why is it important that Mrs. H's periods were previously normal? So it's important to ask about menstrual history in someone with AUB, because coagulopathy is a common cause of heavy menstrual bleeding, and it would most likely cause AUB to be present from the start of menarche. Mrs. H has a history of normal periods, so coagulopathy is falling down on my differential here. That's right. What else do you want to know about Mrs. H's AUB? I would want to get a better idea of the features of her abnormal uterine bleeding. AUB is classified in terms of volume, regularity, frequency, duration, and other. She mentioned her period is heavy, but I want to get a better sense of exactly how heavy. I can ask how often she changes her powder tampon and whether it is fully saturated when she changes it. I'd also ask if she ever leaks around her pad and tampon and if there are any clots. Another great way to ask about the volume of heavy bleeding is to see how this bleeding is impacting the patient's day-to-day -day life. Are they needing to miss work or special occasions from the heavy bleeding? Good thinking. When you ask Mrs. H more about her symptoms, she says that at first the heavy menstrual bleeding didn't have much effect, but now she is bleeding so much and feeling so bloated during her period that she has to stay home for two days a week from work. She goes through a super tampon in less than one hour during the heaviest days and she worries about how this has impacted her relationship with her kids because she is in such a bad mood on those days. Other than asking about volume, what other aspects of the AUB do you need to characterize? I will also need to ask about frequency and regularity. So how often she gets a period and whether the period happens at the same time every month. This would give me a sense of ovulatory problems. You said earlier that a normal cycle length is between 24 and 38 days. Normal duration of a period is less than eight days, and normal variation between cycles is less than seven to nine days. Finally, I will want to ask about inter intermenstrual bleeding. A common cause of intermenstrual bleeding is break breakthrough bleeding from contraception. Exactly right. Mrs. H is having regular periods about every 30 days, and they don't vary more than seven to nine days. Her periods have increased in length from her baseline, but not to more than seven to nine days, and the length doesn't vary. She is not experiencing any intramenstrual bleeding. So to summarize so far, 
Mrs. H is experiencing heavy menstrual bleeding for a prolonged duration, but no intermenstrual bleeding. So some common etiologies of heavy menstrual bleeding, which would apply to Mrs. H include leiomyomas or fibroids, adenomyosis, bleeding disorders, medications, slash iatrogenic causes. We should also review the differential for intramenstrual bleeding, which includes pregnancy-related causes, infections such as chlamydia and gonorrhea, again, leiomyomas and fibroids, endometrial polyps, cancer, endometriitis, missed contraceptive pills, medications, and finally trauma, for example, postcoital bleeding, which is another cause that can also be considered. Let's say we were concerned that Mrs. H has an infection. What would you need to ask her about? For infectious causes, I would want to ask about STI symptoms like discharge, odor, fever, or systemic signs of infection. I would also ask about previous STI history, most recent STI tests, most recent pap tests, and sexual practices. Finally, I would want to know about the possibility of pregnancy by asking about her most recent menstrual period and forms of contraception. That's all correct. You should know that it is common practice to order beta HCG on any AUB patient of reproductive age anyways. Knowing the specific contraception can be helpful as well. For example, a missed oral contraceptive pill can cause intermenstrual bleeding and a copper IUD can cause heavy menstrual bleeding. Contraception is also something that can be useful for treatment of AUB. So we should know what they are taking for that purpose as well. Mrs. H is not experiencing any associated symptoms that are concerning for infection. For contraception, she is taking the oral contraceptive pill, which she has been taking for 30 years with no problem. What else would you want to ask Mrs. H about her bleeding? Well, since she has heavy menstrual bleeding, I was going to ask about symptoms of anemia. I will specifically ask about fatigue, lightheadedness, and shortness of breath with activity. That's a great call. She's not experiencing any of those symptoms. Okay, great. I'll also ask about other associated symptoms as well. Fibroids and adenomyosis are both high up on my differential for Mrs. H. So I want to know what pain she is experiencing. Fibroids can cause dysmenorrhea and dyspareunia, pain during sex, as well as bulk symptoms like fullness. Adenomyosis also causes painful intercourse and severe cramping, like knife-like pain. Perfect. So for Mrs. H, she is experiencing lots of pressure when she compared to bloating and constipation. There is no sharp pain. You also would want to ask about whether there's any postcoital bleeding, which implies a cervical cause of bleeding, including cervical cancer or a friable cervix. Okay, now that we know more about Mrs. H's bleeding, we should explore her risk of endometrial cancer, as this is a dangerous cause of AUB. Even in younger patients, we want to ask about cancer risk factors in order to determine whether or not an endometrial biopsy may be indicated. Some known risk factors include conditions that can lead to unopposed estrogen, for example, PCOS. Other risk factors include nulliparity, late menopause, hormone replacement therapy, family or personal history of cancer, and ovulatory cycles, diabetes, and hypertension. In this case, Mrs. H has none of these risk factors. Now let's move on to a gynecological history. What kinds of questions would we ask patients as a part of this history? So for a gynecological history, I would start by asking at what age she started menarche. This would also be a good time to ask about STI risk factors and symptoms and the possibility of pregnancy if I hadn't already asked. And then finally, I would ask about any experiences of infertility. 
because some diagnoses that cause AUB can also cause infertility, such as fibroids or anovulatory causes. Great. So Mrs. H began menarche at age 12. She's monogamous with one partner. She has no symptoms of STIs or a history of STIs. She has no history of infertility and has two children. Now that you know she has children, you can also inquire about her obstetrical history. It is important to know if she had a C-section because C-section scar bleeding is another possible cause of heavy menstrual bleeding. Other abdominal or gynecologic surgeries may also increase the risk of scarring. You also want to know if she is planning to get pregnant again because it might impact our treatment selection. In this case, for Mrs. H, both children were delivered vaginally at term with no complications, and she has no desire for more, more children, and she has no surgeries. What's the next section of the history that we need to go through? Next, I would move on to a more general past medical history and family history. Specifically, I'd want to know about any medical conditions, any medications or allergies, and previous surgeries if they haven't been mentioned yet. She does not take any medications, including any contraception. She has no allergies and no past medical history. Good job for asking these questions, but can you explain why you asked them? Well, well, as we mentioned, contraception can cause AUB, but other medications can also cause it, including anticoagulants, antidepressants like SSRIs and tricyclics, hormonal contraceptives, corticosteroids, and some herbs. Some medical conditions like thyroid conditions or uncontrolled diabetes can also play into AUB. Is there anything else you may want to ask about? Well, even though bleeding disorders are low in my differential, given that this AUB was not present since the start of menarche, I would also specifically ask about a family history of bleeding disorders, as well as postpartum hemorrhage, surgery related to bleeding, bleeding with dental work, easy bruising, frequent epistaxis, and gum bleeding. This will help me decide whether I want to order coagulation-specific labs. And then I would also ask about a family history of cancer if I hadn't already. So she doesn't have anything remarkable on past medical history and family history. So let's move on to the physical exam. General appearance and vitals. Heavy bleeding can sometimes be acute and the patient will need to be resuscitated immediately. Then we would wanna assess the weight and BMI. A high BMI is associated with endometrial cancer, PCOS and anovulatory bleeding. If you suspected thyroid problems, I would also do a thyroid exam, then an abdominal exam to assess the size and contour of the uterus. An enlarged uterus can be indicative of pregnancy, leiomyomas, adenomyosis, and uterine malignancy. Then moving on to the gynecological portion of the exam, it's important we look at the external genitalia to look for any vulvar lesions and rule out bleeding from the urethra and the rectum slash anus then a speculum exam to look for a source of bleeding from the cervix or vagina. Next, a bimanual exam for uterine abnormalities, looking for any asymmetric enlargement, which may be indicative of fibroids, symmetric enlargements, which may lead to a diagnosis of adenomyosis. And then if you're worried about STIs or pelvic inflammatory disease, you can check for cervical motion tenderness. You can also palpate the adnexa to ensure there are no masses. Depending on your suspicion for infection as a cause, you can take a cervical culture for sexually transmitted infections. You can also consider a pap smear if she is due for one. Finally, the last item to discuss is whether to conduct an endometrial biopsy. Although her risk for endometrial cancer is low on history, anyone over the age of 40 who presents with AUB should receive a biopsy. If she was younger than 40 and I was concerned about endometrial cancer, I would also recommend a biopsy. 
In this case, when performing your abdominal exam, you notice an enlarged, bulky uterus. Nothing else was remarkable on your physical exam. What investigations do you think we should conduct? The general lab work for someone with AUB includes a beta HCG and CBC with ferritin to assess for anemia. You might also want to order endocrine lab work such as TSH, FSH, LH, estradiol, androgens, prolactin, or coagulation tests, depending on your suspicion for specific causes. However, in this case, I'm not sure if it would warrant ordering any imaging. Imaging can be a very useful tool in AUB, but it is not necessary for the, all patients. This particular patient, I'm most worried about fibroids. Therefore, I will order a pelvic and transvaginal ultrasound to explore specific structural causes. Ultrasound is also useful for polyps, adenomyosis, and generalized endometrial hyperplasia and malignancy. On imaging, Mrs. H was found to have fibroids. This episode is getting too long, though, and we don't have time to cover management for fibroids today. But now we know more about the general approach to AUB. Great. Thanks, Alex. So this concludes our episode for abnormal uterine bleeding. But remember, the most important thing to rule out is endometrial cancer and we can assess risk for this with an endometrial biopsy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Clerk Commute Podcast. Catch you on your next commute.